Hello and welcome back to Hogging the Ball, the Ball Sports Weekly Football Podcast with me, your host, Mitchell Ryan, and the three J's of Johnny, James and Jake as we take on all the weekend's action and the latest news in the footballing world. This weekend was a hectic one in the Prem with comebacks galore, brilliant introductions and titanic clashes at the top of the table. So let's crack on with our Premier League recap. Uh, the weekend started at the City Ground where Forrest drew 2-2 with Brentford courtesy of a very late equaliser for the home side. Johnny, was this a deserved point for the Trickies? I think it's I think it's hard to say. Uh, it's, when you concede in the last minute from an own goal, I think you're going to feel hard done by. But I think Forrest has shown a lot of determination to to kind of claw their way out of the relegation zone in recent weeks. And I think if you're gonna if you're gonna kind of score in the last minute, you, you're going to feel like you deserved it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Morgan Gibbs White got his first goal, the club's record signing. Still not quite. 45 mil worth, I don't think. But uh, James, what was your um, your take on him? Do you think he can kick on from here? I'm not sure kick on, but he's done <laughs> better than a couple of the other signings. True. Like, you know, Lingard players like that, they brought in in the summer. A lot of them haven't worked. And so whether they're kind of battling for that point could give him a bit of a kickstart. Beat Liverpool last week, last minute equaliser. So it could could be something that really kicks on for a season from here. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, three points adrift of safety now, which, you know, it's not awful. Um, we'll get to the other relegation candidates in a little while. But uh, just quickly, Jake, you said, I think a few weeks ago now, uh, you think that Brentford could cap at 14th. Um, they've lost, or, well, I think they haven't won in four now. You still stand by that, or you think they're even worse than that now? I think, well... I mean, they're in tenth at the minute, so I've still got my <laughs> still got my hopes up for them, um, just so they can beat United again next year. That's the only thing <laughs> I'm sort of riding on. But yeah, I mean, I look, I watched a part of the game, a good solid part of the game, and the Brentford we saw this weekend was just not the Brentford I'm I'm used to anyway. I'm not a Brentford fan, but they just looked they looked leggy. Um, the whistle goal was was a nice little goal to to actually get them into the game a bit more, but. Um, at this rate, I think 14th is probably a, a fairly attainable target. Yeah, probably agree there, to be fair. Um, we had a lot of late goals, late drama this week. Um, so we'll go to Molyneux next, where there was obviously a lot of um, lot of drama. I know Nelson Semedo sent off, Brighton coming back to win 3-2. Um, Jake, how big an impact did the red card have on the match, do you reckon? Massive, I think. I think it was a turning point in the game. I think it's got a bigger impact for Wolves going forward than it had for that game specifically, personally. Um, you look mm-hmm. at Brighton, Brighton had just, just scored, I think it was, and then Nelson Semedo gets sent off at the end of the half. Silly, yeah. very, very silly. And now they're without Nelson Semedo, they're without uh, Diego Costa until uh, after the World Cup. So very, very silly, I think. Yeah, agreed. Um, obviously, another goal for Ruben Neves. Is he better than 19th, do you reckon, James? Yeah, if, if Wolves go, there's absolutely no doubt that they'll lose Nevers. I think mm-hmm. I think Wolves themselves, it's the forward areas where they're going wrong. This is the first time this season they've scored twice at home. And they've, they've barely scored any goals. So he's got a big job, job like uh, Lopetegui when he comes in. Mainly, I think, just sorting out that forward line. They're going to have to sign players in January because I think, I think they're going to go otherwise. Who do, who do they bring in? Like I was looking at looking at um, like the way the wolves were, wolves have been setting up. 
they can't score and they can't defend. They got like, a really, really big problem. Just wondering who, who should they bring in in January? Really, it's got to be forwards. They need to get some goals in the team first. But I mean, I do agree with you with your uh, point on the defence because obviously they've been five at the back, haven't they, for the last mm. few years? And Cody's been right in the middle of that. And I don't think that they've really replaced them because mm. Colin, Collins and Kilman have been the the normal duo, but they just don't seem to have that chemistry that Cody have had with the other defenders. So sorting that out and then they need to just add goals to the team because there's no way they'll stay up if they don't add a forward. Yeah, I think without um, Raul Jimenez firing, it's uh, obviously looking a little bleak for Wolves. Do you reckon uh, the appointment of Ilan Lopetegui can save them, Johnny? I mean, he had a bit of a torrid time at um, Sevilla, obviously. I mean, Do you reckon he's the man? I've, I've got a bit of a spicy take about him. I just think I think he's, he's slightly uh, slightly overrated as a coach. No, I'd, I'd I'd agree, honestly. I don't think he's he's, I think he's uh, kind of lumped with all these other Spanish managers, but I don't think he's really had the the CV of someone like Emery. Like Emery's got this experience; he's won European titles. He's he's kind of succeeded almost wherever he's been, and he's coached some of these giants such as PSG. Lopetegui's kind of had a, a mixed career in terms of success. I mean, he did all right with Spain, but then he was sacked before the World Cup. Departed mm. very quickly at Real Madrid. Sevilla, yeah. I don't think he reached the heights that some of their other previous managers have done. No, and obviously think, he's left them in what, yeah. 18th, I think. When, mm. Yeah, when you're in a relegation scrap, he's not the man I would think, you know, he, he doesn't know the Prem, which I think mm-hmm. is an overrated attribute, but he, he just doesn't know kind of what it takes to survive in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just put... I'd uh, agree. Oh, sorry, mate. Go on. I just said I'd agree, mate. You go ahead. Right. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I've just put like written something on on this appointment, and I just think it's mm-hmm. completely wrong. I mean, like I think you're too nice there. I think honestly, I think they've got it completely, completely wrong. He's <laughs> he's he's Wolves are not a European team. There's no reason for them to play like Real Madrid or play anything like the Spanish national team. There's no reason for that. So let alone Sevilla, right? They should have brought in someone like I put my I put the name Rafa Benitez out there. You want someone mm-hmm. like that? Not right. quite. As, I put Steve Bruce as well, but I don't. <laughs> no. know. Not that bad. Someone who knows bad, down, bad lad. You need someone who knows what they're doing, knows the league. And Wolves are in a horrible, horrible position. They've got to sort things going forward and at the back. I don't think this is the job for just a, a, a Spanish manager, just to, oh Spain national team manager, come in and solve it for them. Get Dyson. Oh, you'd be a good appointment. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'd love to see that. I think there was talk of um, if Leicester sacked Brendan Rogers, Wolves would add him, have him. But I'd love to see Dyche. Honestly, I think that'd be brilliant. I miss that man. What a gravelly voice. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the kind of worms man himself. Uh, on that article that is out today, cheeky plug for Jake there. Um, so go check that one out on the website. Uh, moving swiftly on from the shameless plug though. Uh, Next up in the Prem, we had another red card, another late winner. This time, putting a smile on my face. Um, Man City and Haaland with a wonderful victory over what turned out to be a very difficult Fulham side. James, how important do you think the nature of this win was for uh, the City? Well, I mean, maybe it opens an eye into corruption in sport with the nature of that uh, (laughs) penalty in the last minute. How that was given, I've absolutely no idea. But an important win for City, especially seeing as Arsenal went and won the next day. But mm. the thing I get with City is, 
we know they're the best team in the league, but they had 10 men basically the entire game and had 70% possession, which is just, I think, unheard of in teams, you know, of a few years ago. You'd never have thought that would happen. But City mm-hmm. just completely dominated the game still. And, I mean, they did deserve a goal. They had a, one only just ruled out for offside. So one was coming, but they just got lucky with how, they, how the penalty was given, I think. No, I mean, that was a, obviously a very contentious um, point of discussion over the weekend. I don't think it was a bad call. I think it was, I think it was a penalty. Sure. I, right, OK. There's, There's a lot of shouts of corruption coming out here. Um, but... What do you think? I mean, City already had a man sent off and a penalty given away against them. So I think the shouts of <laughs> they've paid off the refs are a little little wayward, no? But the ref couldn't the ref couldn't not give like send Cancelo off there. I think I think that was that was a fine decision. I didn't know if it was a bit I don't know, Trent did the same thing, didn't he? So it just wasn't Yeah, exactly right. right. Yeah, I was no, gonna come to this later on. Was it it wasn't it wasn't right in front of the keeper. So I don't mm-hmm. think it was as bad. I still think Trent got a bit lucky though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but hey, another win, another dub. We don't mind it. Uh, Johnny, just how big an impact does Harlan have on this side? I mean, I think there were there were worries from some pundits that Man City might lose something by having to rely all on a single striker. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's just so good. When you're he's this just, good, he's just unbelievable. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I've got him in my fantasy and most of the players I worry about because I'm so rubbish at it, I'm worried that I might have to take them out. Harlem, there's no <laughs> concerns. No. I mean, Cancelo got me a red, but that was, that, that's unrelated. Uh, Harland, <laughs> I think, does he does he become all-time Prem top scorer? No. No. I, I still think that he leaves in 2024, 2025 sort of time, especially with that release clause. Like By that point, Surely, someone like Real Madrid stumps up 200 mil for him. I think that's you know sort of a given. No, it feels but, bad that the Prem hasn't yet got to the level of La Liga and sort of renown that we can't just hold players for years and years and years like you would. Yeah, you want to go to Real Madrid. You want to. I think it is coming. Like you look at play, players do say they want to play for City. Players definitely say they want to play for Liverpool. So it's nice to see. But okay, but <laughs> <laughs> we're a bit far away from it at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've obviously the Prem has a lot of pulling power. It's like one of the biggest, most competitive leagues in the world. But I think just the prestige of Barcelona and Real Madrid, no matter how crap they are in that moment, they will always have that pulling power. And it's sort of it's a bit disconcerting, isn't it? The, like at any point, no matter how well you're doing, like any of your players could just go there. Mm. It's not no risk for us. Yeah, well, <laughs> sorry, Johnny. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move on quickly. Uh, Leeds United had arguably the finest turnaround of the weekend. Um, came out to beat Bournemouth 4-3 after going 3-1 down. A few players were responsible for this one. I mean, Sam Greenwood, Cooper come to mind. But Johnny, just talk to me. How good is uh, Somerville? Yeah, I think Somerville, he's one of those players that's just come into the league and he's just... He's just had an incredible start. Leeds, Leeds mm-hmm. I thought, have always needed kind of a, 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 big, a bigger attacking threat because I think Bamford's not looked the same player since coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. And I think if Leeds are going to stay up, they need a goal-scoring threat. And Somerville, I mean, he's proven so far that he can really prove, that he can really score goals in this level. And I think Leeds have found someone that they can really hang their hat on, although I think they, they still need to strengthen in January. 
yeah, he's become something of a talismanic figure, hasn't he? Um, yeah, just a, a quick word on Bournemouth, James. How disappointed will they be, you know, given the nature of their loss here? I think when you add it to the uh, the fact they were 2 0 up against Tottenham as well last week, and have come away from those two games they were winning by two goals with no points, I think they'll be pretty mm. devastated. Especially there were chances still in the game, even after Leeds came back to make it three all, Bournemouth still could have got a winner. So they'll be, I mean, they'll be distraught to have only got, to not got any points on the last couple of games. But there are good signs in there. They just need to shore that defence up because they seem to have some goals in them. But it doesn't matter if you have two goals if you're always going to concede three because you're playing teams that are too good for you to uh, you know slip leads like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it. It sort of leaves them hanging tentatively on the edge there. Uh, mm. Four losses in a row now, one point above Southampton in the relegation zone. Um, but we'll quickly move on to um, talk about another team that are potentially at risk of being dragged into that. Uh, Everton. Losing 2-0 to Leicester. Jake, I know I just said we're talking about Everton, but just quickly, Yuri Tielemann is a monster, isn't he? Oh, what a goal. What an absolute belter. He's becoming mm-hmm. a Everton, isn't he? Just Honestly. He scores bangers. The one he get, when he had that shot against City, when Madison's just floated it over to him on the corner and he's, he's hit it. There's no way. I don't think it was ever going in, but that just technique. I mean, just yeah. volley a ball. Oh, beautiful. And this goal, nothing different. It was, oh, it was just lovely, really. I knew Everton were going to struggle um, in this one, but Leicester are genuinely playing much better now. You, you, I'm starting to forget that they were in a bit of trouble. I'm starting to forget all these bad things about Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... 13th after that game. I think they're 14th now. 13th. Yeah, 14th, yeah. So, um, it's over for Brodge. Hopefully he can stay in. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it, the table looks a little more flattering than it perhaps is. They're on, they're level on points with Everton still, but their plus, their one superior goal difference is keeping them two places higher. But yeah, it does seem like the negativity around the club sort of rapidly dissolving after a few good, good results recently. Um, but Everton, however, are not a team on a particularly good run of form. Johnny, do you see them in a similar situation to last year? Yeah, I think they're going to need they're going to need Calvert Lewin to really step up in the coming weeks. I've mm. uh, I don't want to spoil next week, but I've got him in my England squad. And I was watching <laughs> the I was watching no. this game at the pub, going to my mates. Calvert Lewin's in my squad, and uh, he kind of he, he he had some good moments, but overall he just kind of was invisible, really. And I think yeah. if if Everton are gonna stay up first, I mean they shouldn't have Lampard, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to come to that. Yeah, but secondly, I think I think they need their 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 players like Calvin Lewin, who was so instrumental last season, to step up because now they've lost Richarlison. It's hard to see where they're going to get kind of those consistent goals from. Yeah, absolutely. And just um, on that note, James, do they stick with Lampard or time to get rid? Well, I've never rated Lampard. I think no. I think the only reason that Everton's fans like him is because last year they seemed to think they were going to get relegated. And then because of that whole spirit around the club, hmm. they kind of seemed to warm to him. But the fact that Lam- we spoke about it the other week, Lampard was the reason they were that low in the first place. So yeah. I don't, I, I'd, I'd have never got Lampard in the first place. But I don't know who they bring in instead. I don't think Everton's <laughs> a good team. So I'm not sure who they'll attract. Yeah, it's a little difficult just because, I mean, as Johnny says, they have very little 
goal threat outside of Calvert-Lewin now that Richarlison's gone. Mm. And as good as Anthony Gordon is, I can't see him single-handedly keeping a team up. So it's going to be difficult. But um, thankfully, they are surrounded by teams that are doing absolutely horrifically. So <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a, like a pressing concern. They should stay up, but they're always at risk, aren't they? Just hanging on the edge there. Um, we'll kick Sunday off. Arsenal beat Chelsea in what was, in my opinion, like quite a, quite a boring game. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, but we'll get to Arsenal in a minute. James, what's going wrong for Potter? Uh, I don't really know. I think he's, he's obviously not even been in the job that long. I think they're just struggling mm-hmm. to find the right balance. We spoke last week about the, um, the Brighton game and playing wingers at wing-back. And this week, they just lacked any real imagination going forward. I don't think they've really got their goal threat nailed because Aubameyang hasn't clicked since he came in. And then Havertz, mm-hmm. Mount, Sterling, none of them are adding enough goals from the midfield either. So I just think they're, they're struggling to just click at the moment. But I'm confident that Potter will get it right in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, your take on the, the housery that goes on with these two. I mean, Gabriel's a fiend for it, but obviously Aubameyang had the whole it's nothing personal thing in the lead up to the match and then absolutely disappeared for 90 minutes. So yeah, he, was, I mean, he was right. It was nothing personal. He just didn't get near anyone. He was yeah, awful. He's the invisible man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was really disappointed watching that game. Um, it was, it was just boring start to finish. And I mean, the goal was just, just it's messy, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a I don't, I didn't really understand it. If he was, if he was in a bit be- a bit of a better, run of form if he if he'd come into the if he'd come out and start chatting then it'd be all right but... yeah it, it seemed a bit a bit bold for him you'd want him to like go and i don't know he'd score and he'd run up to the arsenal fans do a bit of an ad by all yeah that'd be class but <laughs> you got you got to have a chance first you think had no no real shots nothing on target at all it was just mm-hmm. it was awful really 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 bad yeah and johnny what do you think chelsea are lacking then what do you think Potter needs to bring in in the january window I mean, if he could bring in some good fans, that would be great. But um, <laughs> apart from that, I think I think what Chelsea need, I mean, they and they need a number nine every window. Mm-hmm. Aubameyang put in a classic Lukaku performance there. I think yeah. I think it's really hard because Chelsea spent about five hundred million pounds in summer, and, and I was talking to my mates; they've moved completely laterally. How do you spend half a billion and just not really improve at all? Mm-hmm. No, but, you, you're kind of right, though. <laughs> like, it is impressive, the um, lack of progress they've made. Um, and you do sort of worry. I sort of worry for Potter because you know how cutthroat Chelsea are. Has he taken this step too soon, do you reckon? I don't think it's too soon. Uh, I just think if I was a manager, I would never join Chelsea. That's not because of my dislike for them, although that would also play a role. But like, I just think <laughs> if, if you're a manager and you're, you're Potter, you're a young coach and basically the world is at your feet why would you join a club that's going to sack you if you lose twice in a week uh, lord only knows uh big money i don't know bro um so you can get well, uh, <laughs> look now <laughs> let's not be bashing the bird all right it's just an <laughs> extensive november uh we'll touch on arsenal quickly just because uh, i don't know I, it pains me to say it but they are quite good um I don't know, the strong performances across the pitch, I think. There were suggestions, some numpty 
suggested that Thomas Partey is a superior holding midfielder oh, to Rodri. No. Which I mm, I can't back. I cannot back that. But the whole team has been performing very well. Um, James, do you think they can sustain this title charge? Well, I, I never thought they would win the league and, never, and still don't think they will. But I think mm-hmm. they'll probably finish second. I think the World Cup is obviously the the big one because both Jesus and Martinelli have been called up to the Brazil squad. And I think Brazil mm-hmm. will go deep into the World Cup. So how they return will be interesting. But they have yeah. quite a lot of players that aren't actually going to be going to the World Cup. Like the midfield, Partey, Odegaard, Xhaka, none of them will go. Zinchenko, mm-hmm. he won't be going. Gabriel wasn't called up. Ramsdale won't play any games. So a lot of that players... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we'll touch on it next week, boys. We'll touch on it next week. A lot of our players will still be um, still be fresh, I think, after the World Cup, which could be a bit of a blessing. Mm-hmm. If you look at a team like City, where most of their most of their squad will be starting for their World Cup teams. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting one to see because I think the World Cup is just going to shake up so much. Like, there's going to be so many extra factors that we normally just would not consider in a season. So. I think realistically the table could completely flip by um, by May, uh, but we'll we'll move on to Villa Park. We'll come to we'll, I'll come to you last, James. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Manchester United, interestingly, hadn't lost at Villa Park since the ninety five ninety six season, which I think is mental. I know Villa have been up a bit up and down in that time, but crazy stat there. They looked utterly outclassed on Sunday. I think. Um, Jake, you obviously just put an article out. How has Emery got this team playing this well already? Uh, I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> it's, <so important. laughs> um, it's a shame we're not in the office, boys, because I've got a massive smile on my face. Um, was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they genuinely played really, really nice football. Um, it's nice to see. I think it will take Emery a bit of time to sort of impose his style. Um, there was, I, I still think there are bits missing. You looked at how they... They probably don't win the ball back as much as Emery will want them to. Um, sometimes they're a bit sloppy in possession, um, a couple of wayward passes. But I think United, it was a combination of United not being on their day, on their game um, on the day, and Villa sort of having that, you know, the new manager input. I was listening to Peter Crouch's podcast the other week about how mm-hmm. he's, when a new manager comes in, it's like a new lease of life. People who are tired, people who aren't in good form. It's just a clean slate. And you look yeah. at what Villa had, everyone's sort of going for it. You want to impress the new manager. And they looked really, really pretty good. It's a good um, sort of platform for Unai Emery to build on. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And um, I know we're discussing the England teams next week. Uh, and this is this is absolutely rogue of me to suggest. But I know he scored an own goal, right? <laughs> no. <But> Johnny, oh. <laughs> Jacob Ramsey. Oof. What about him? What do you think, lad? What do you think? I I think if if you're suggesting he's on the plane, he's not on the plane. (laughs) Look, Uh, I think I'll throw I'll throw his hat into the ring. I mean, I feel like I've got a midfield spot going. If he's on the plane, he's the one who's serving the drinks, mate. That's what. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, now, okay, so maybe Um, not, maybe not away with England, but he's he's damn good, right? I had I I almost had tickets to go to this game, and I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. I saw the Villa goals rolling in. I think, uh, I think Ramsey can be. He can be on the plane twenty twenty six. He can come to America with us. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. But I think Qatar's just come a little bit too soon for him. Uh, Possibly. He's, I think he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, I think he, he's just going to prove to more and more people that he's he's up there as, as one of the, the, the kind of best young players that mm-hmm. in the league. But I think, yeah, he's he's got a lot more proving to do and a lot more kind of consistency to get before he's in the level of, of some of the other young players he's had. And then, you know, okay, he might get a spot on the plane. When, yeah. when we're having burgers and hot dogs. Quite so, quite so. Um, James, you were obviously there on Sunday. My condolences, lad. Um, in the Villa went in the Villa end as well, no less. Uh, what's your take on the game, mate? I don't even know where to start with it. United, <laughs> United didn't start the game either. I think it was a, a bit of a European hangover. And there were two goals down in 10 minutes. Through mm-hmm. a good free kick and just some pretty poor defending, and then you're up against a, a really, really lively Villa Park, and Villa were playing quite well, but they weren't amazing. And then when United got that goal just before half time, I thought they'll go on and at least get a point from the game. Mm-hmm. But then again, straight after half time, United weren't away. Villa run straight through and score. I think the problem for United is they just had too many players on the day that. We're nowhere near it. Ronaldo, again, just looked really poor. Van der Beek is yet to show me anything in a United shirt that vindicates a fee of above five million, never mind 40. Yeah. Uh, so it was disappointing. And after the run United had been on as well, to lose 3-1 at Villa was, was really poor. But they, they weren't mm-hmm. awful. They just... I thought, I thought Ten Hag maybe got it slightly wrong with, with Van der Beek. They should have had an extra extra man in midfield because Van der Beek is like playing with ten men. And then, <laughs> oh, and then Ronaldo just... It's, it is actually getting quite tough to watch now because he gets <laughs> worse by the week. And as the games get go on and the opposition fans get onto his back, he just gets worse and worse until mm-hmm. he's just becoming so frustrated that he can't even keep hold of the ball. It's, it's rough to see, isn't it? And I think every time we go on the pod, there's, I mean, you seem to flip between, it's the best I've seen United play in years to <laughs> all of a sudden, like, oh, they're awful. Like, it was, I don't even know where to start. Is United's consistency the main problem here, do you reckon? Yeah, I think the consistency is the main issue. I think they were missing a couple of key players, which I think have made, made the run possible. Varane at the back is a huge miss. I thought Lindelof was pretty shaky. And then mm-hmm. no Bruno just it kind of ruined the midfield balance, which I think was where the game was lost, really, because the first and the third goal, you can put on the fact that Lindelof and Bruno weren't really available. I think, mm-hmm. and, and then the forwards as well, we've had no Anthony or Sancho available. So I don't think, I don't think United are kind of back or or rubbish. I just think... They've got quite a small squad, and so with a couple of injuries, they will get these bad results, such as the one at the weekend. Yeah, and I think you know you look at the lineup that's been put out. Obviously, you know you've got key players missing, like you say. You've got Garnacho on the wing, who I, I rate very highly, but he's not he's not going to win you games on his own yet, is he? Um, no, no, he's a good player, Garnacho, but I thought he he stood out as being a youngster at the weekend, whereas in in Spain against Sociedad on, on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. I thought he played really well, but Matty Cash never never even looked troubled by Garnacho. And then your option off the bench is, you know, Anthony Alanga or Martial that's played about 30 minutes of league football this season. Yeah. There's, just, there's nothing to change the game. And I think the, those results, I think United have to expect them throughout this season that they'll get these 
you know, poor results against teams they really should be winning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting point, actually, um, that you raised about Matty Cash. Obviously, we lost him to Poland. Now, with this the crazy amount of injuries we've got, Johnny, how, how good would it be to have Matty Cash on board the plane? I don't know what you're talking about. Matty Cash is not, not getting on my plane either. What? <laughs> not I even think... as a backup. No, I've, I've got. Uh, I'm, I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking Carl Walker. <laughs> <there. laughs> well, well, in time, son. In time. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I just think. I just think. Uh, with Matty Cash, I, I, I'm not having sleepless nights about not having him in. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, it, it, it was a great moment when I thought he denied City the league. <laughs> uh, but. Oh man. I think. I think we've actually we've still got a lot of depth. I mean, I was going to say Wan Bissaka, but maybe not. Uh, but I think, I think I think we're kind of with Trippier and Trent. We've we've got a lot of options, and uh, yeah, I think I think Matty Cash is having a, a, a bit of a resurgence since he's joined Poland. Actually, I think that's given him mm. a lot of. You know when uh, Ben Barat and Diaz joined Chile, <laughs> yeah, and when he joined became the best striker in the championship. Yeah, I feel like that's that's almost happened with Matty Cash a little bit. Mm. And I, I don't want to take he's, it. He's away always from been a brilliant him. player, so. I mean, because I saw him a lot during his Forest days, because he's one of one of few professional footballers that I've met in real life, and um, he was he was brilliant for Forest back in the day in the Championship. Um, I think it's just an extension of it, really. Um, people are just sort of starting to take notice, but we will move on because time is whittling away from us. Uh, quickly to the South Coast, Southampton hosted Newcastle, got thoroughly torn apart, four-one. Hasnoodle sacked. Jake, I keep coming to you on the managerial things because of the article, but was it the right call? For for Hassan to be sacked? Yeah. Um, I would say definitely. I feel, so, yeah. I feel really <laughs> bad for him. Um, he's He's been really hard done by uh, by a lot of things. I think they brought in loads of players, <clears throat> which is great. Um, yeah, they brought in loads of young players, um, like a lot, a lot of players. And I think that's great. But in the Premier League, I think Alan Shearer was saying, uh, on match of the day, you need time for those players to come in and to make an. There's no real like acclimatization period for those players, and they've just been dropped there and forced to to have good games. And at times, Saints have played well this season, but being 18th doesn't seem too good. They also, mm. I think, the board got rid of, and I think it wasn't Hasenhutl's decision. It wasn't really on him at all. They just got rid of three members of the coaching staff as well, which. Obviously, can't help when you've you've just started the season. It's very early, early to do it. It wasn't in an international break. It just happened. Um, mm. So they've not really had that stability. Um, but I mean, he saved them last season from a from an awful run of form. Um, I think it's just a, a time for for new ideas. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Um, and Johnny, quickly on um, on Newcastle, Miggy Almiron, absolute monster. I'm sort of. I'm kind of cursing Grealish because as much as I love seeing Almiron do well, Grealish is really fluffed, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I don't even think Grealish has been that terrible, but it's just, it's just so funny to see Almiron turn into, like you know, the next Adel Tarat. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not let's not do Adel Tarat dirty like that, please. We're, we're living, we're living in another the streets won't forget era. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and unless I think Almiron for for like. He's going to be one of those players that's in Instagram reels for for, for years, <laughs> mm-hmm. just because of this run. I don't know how far Newcastle will go, but I think 
I think we've got to enjoy it while it lasts, you know? It's yeah. like Messi and Ronaldo. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'll pass over to Palace West Ham uh, just before we get into the uh, the final massive game of the weekend. Michael O'Leary say another, I think it was the final comeback of the weekend, I should know, final uh, piece of late drama of the weekend with Michael Elise scoring a 94th minute winner. Um, ignoring how much we were spoiled for entertainment over the last weekend, what kind of situation do you reckon this leaves David Moyes in, James? I think it's a tough one with Moyes because he, he's got a lot of credit in the bank, you'd have thought, with um, when he did at West Ham the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think the effects of that long European run last year, along with what was still a good English campaign, looks to kind of be catching up to them this year because they haven't got an enormous squad. Declan Rice rarely misses a game. And people like Jared Bowen, who was exceptional last year, hasn't quite hit the same heights again. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I don't think he should be in any danger at all, really, David Moyes. He's, I think what he's done already at the club has been really impressive. But ultimately, they're only two points ahead of Southampton in the in the relegation zone. So, yeah. if they don't pick up results, then there will be really real questions asked. And with that run in the Conference League, so they're through to the next round. Yeah. How they'll manage the squad in the uh, second half of the season after the World Cup, I think, will be a real challenge for Moyes. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they did start to kind of head towards you know the lower places of the table, whether that might mean Moyes gets sacked. Who knows? Um, yeah, we'll touch on Palace quickly. Uh, Jake, Elise and Zaha, the scorers. Thoughts on Elise? Because I think he's a fantastic player. Does he have a future in uh, in the setup? Great player. I, th- I think he does, personally. I think Elise, Eze, Zaha, throwing onto yeah. their side there for, just for a bit of fun as well. They're all playing <laughs> really, really good football together. Um, I think Zaha, having done all of this already, is a really good um, like sort of role model for Eze and, and Elise to look up to. They just mm-hmm. need to make sure they don't end up going to United. For, for <laughs> uh, but they're playing really good football. I saw Elise's interview. I don't know if you boys saw it. Where yeah, they're right. like saying, "Oh, <laughs> what what does it mean to you?" He's like, "Yeah, it was good. It was just it was like so blunt." Um, the drive. Yeah, oh, no. but he's he seems he's a tricky player. Um, I think I wonder whether I don't know. I wonder whether Palace is a bit of a springboard for him now. Um, he's he's always been a fairly good player in the teams that he's played in. Now, um, I wonder whether it's time in a couple of years for him to sort of look to be pushing up it just depends on performance really yeah absolutely um and we will move to our final prem game of the round uh before we touch on the champions league business uh tottenham losing to liverpool on home soil jake i know you've just spoken but i'll come to you again because there's plenty to say on this one so you know uh first of all which side do you think this result says more about wow well i would i'd say i'd say it says a bit more about tottenham to be honest I think it's mm-hmm. Conte ball kind of failing them. Um, just before we started, we were saying about how Liverpool kind of, uh, we struggled in the second half. Um, but if you look at, let's just think about the first half instead then. They were so, it was so one-dimensional. They didn't really know what they're doing. They're passing it sideways. Uh, Dyer with a great assist. You know, they're just these, these like instances where you just think, and they got, they got booed bought, bought off at half time, I think. Um, mm. It was this is boring football, and we talk about it every week. And we, I, I say it every week. You, you should never pay money to watch Spurs play like this. 
second half they turned up and I think it was a bit of a, a kick up the kick up the backside, you know. They needed mm-hmm. to they need to be able to play a bit more expressive football. And you saw that in the second half. So I think going forward Maybe this says more for for Conte to sort of change uh, what he's doing in the setup. They they were out without Son, which didn't help. But maybe they need to stop like playing actual football instead of trying to just sit back. I don't really know what's going on at Spurs. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a strange situation, isn't it? I mean, obviously Harry Kane scoring for them. Some things will never change, I suppose. But um, what needs to change, other than potentially the manager, do you reckon, James, for Spurs to be successful second half of the season? I definitely wouldn't change the manager myself. I think Conte is the best they can do. Mm. I, I think there are people are overreacting a bit with Tottenham. They don't have any forwards available with no no Charles and Son and Kulosevsky only just coming back. Yeah, I don't think there were many options for how um, Conte could line his team up. But the issue was it was obviously very defensive and they're not they're struggling to get these uh, first halves to play anywhere near what they can in the second half and they were lucky I thought in Marseille and they were lucky mm-hmm. at Bournemouth yeah. and you don't get lucky when you play Liverpool normally so I thought it was a result which was kind of easy to predict in the end yeah and but the Kulazeski came back on got an assist basically straight away so I think that things might start looking up I think they're still a good bet for the top top four in my opinion yeah, probably. I think you look at the um, the competition for it. Everyone just seems to be struggling this year. I think you know when you look at the people outside the top four, closest challengers are United, who are three points back, and you got Brighton, Chelsea, Liverpool, Fulham, Palace, all within touching distance. Realistically, it's a bit of a an odd Premier League season, isn't it? But um, I'll come to Johnny quickly, um, and then I'll get Jake's thoughts on this as well. Whilst we're on Liverpool. The noise coming out of FSG is that the club will be put up for sale. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I initially thought they were just kind of looking for more investments, kind of, kind of see how much they could get, see if they could dilute uh-huh. their share. But I mean, it seems to be more and more that, that they're looking for that kind of larger term investment. And I think it's worrying morally because when you get these big owners, you, you'll know this as a City fan. Mm-hmm. There's always a little bit of a, 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 a moral dimension to some of these larger uh, owners of clubs, and mm-hmm. I think Liverpool Liverpool have have kind of been a really good example of they're just owned, they're owned by kind of businessmen, but not as country, and they're just kind of spending really wisely. And I think as long as Liverpool don't lose that and still manage to increase investment, this could be really successful. But it's whether yeah. they they sacrifice that that moral aspect in terms of trying to emulate the success of City. Because Liverpool have struggled for consistent success. It's just kind of yeah. if they if they can keep that moral aspect and still increase funding. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, I know you mentioned on a message last night um, that you'd be interested to see if you know a City-esque takeover did happen. Rumour is uh, the, the Dubai want to buy... Um, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? Dubai are interested in purchasing Liverpool Football Club. What's your take on this, obviously considering the moral issues? I mean, maybe that's why we're going there for, for training. In, um, in, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've preached about City buying the league um, for years now. Yeah. But the point where you have to, you feel a bit jealous, don't you? You, you wish that <laughs> fucking that be us. The only problem is we don't know. I mean, if Dubai... Do buy us. That is 
amazing. Um, that would be pretty, pretty decent. <laughs> There'll be a, a fair amount of money coming in. Um, but we never, we won't know until a few years into um, the ownership whether we're going back to our owners before FSG were Hicks and Gillette. Um, and they were yeah. awful. It was it, they mismanaged the club so badly. Um, you've just got to hope that with a team worth like or a club worth like what five, I think it's five billion now. Yeah, the valuation. FSG bought us for three hundred million. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, so they've they've made their money. I mean, it's time mm-hmm. to go and to let someone invest into a club that has had success. You know, I think they've this whole net spend idea is brilliant and it's a lovely little thing to slip in an argument with a City fan. But <laughs> you look at Liverpool, you look at Boston Red Sox as well, um, who are owned both by by FSG. They've yeah. just monopolised into this idea of you can't buy what you can't, you can't, you have to sell to buy. Um, yeah. And it's ultimately been so detrimental to success. Mm-hmm. Could be a bit of a stumbling block for sure. And if you did have uh you know, state investment like City, Liverpool, PSG, perhaps things would turn up a little bit, maybe challenge more long-term. Um, but hey, I will move on to the Champions League because we are running out of time here. Um, with the catch-up out of the way, I'll recap, obviously, the, you know, the round 16 draw was made yesterday. I'll quickly rattle through what we've got here. So we've got PSG to play Bayern again. Um, Milan will be taking on Spurs. The two dark horses of the round, Bruges and Benfica, will battle it out. Dortmund have Chelsea. Liverpool and Real Madrid will be doing a repeat of last year's final. Frankfurt and Napoli go head-to-head. Leipzig have City. And Inter will play Porto. So some very interesting games coming up for sure. Johnny, you're something of a neutral here. Which game are you most looking forward to? I mean, I'm most looking forward to Paris Bayern Munich. But Mm -hmm. that's because I... the English teams don't really excite me in the Champions League. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I'm also really excited for Liverpool Real Madrid, just because mm. I uh, I went to the old library and watched that final last year, and uh, ah, yeah. everyone there was supporting Real Madrid. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to relive that moment. I think. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> Thank you, Ram. I think, I think, uh, I think, yeah, those two ties will be will be very very tasty to watch because I think a lot of those clubs, especially. Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid are kind of structured their entire success of their season on how well they do in the Champions League. And if they're knocked out in the round of 16, could spell mm-hmm. real trouble for their for their, their kind of structure. And obviously their yeah. fans will have a meltdown, won't they? Mm-hmm. Who do you reckon leaves if, uh, if they go out this stage? Messi, Mbappe, Neymar? Who are the rumours going in for? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think PSG could pull off a victory against Bayern. Yeah. I'm going to put my neck out there and say, uh, well, I saw Bayern versus Inter Milan and they didn't impress me that much. See, right. Now, this is a fun little history lesson for you guys. Um, back in... Oh, God, I'm, I feel old now. It would have been 2020. I did almost this exact podcast where we previewed the round 16 and Bayern had PSG. And I was the only one that thought PSG were going to beat Bayern. Um and literally, Luke like took a soundbite of me saying PSG are going to go through and just put it on every social media in the attempt of embarrassing me just for PSG to then beat Bayern. <laughs> so I looked like a genius at the time. So, Johnny, I'll, I'll clip it for you, lad, just so you've got, you know. Now nah, nah, you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, history repeats itself, I promise. Um, 
and James, I know United naturally aren't featuring in the Champions League this season. <laughs> Sorry, lad. Um, but if you had to pick at this early stage, who's your who's your early favourite to bring bring home the trophy? Favourite, it's got to be Man City, and they've got an, an, another easy draw as they always seem to. Easy, oh. I mean, I wonder why they get the easy draws, but we won't we won't <laughs> speak about that again. Um, I don't think it's yeah. an easy draw at all, but all right. Leipzig, it is competitive. Yeah, well, okay, relatively speaking, sure, but I, I don't think it's the easiest they could have had. I think City or City or Coast, though. I'd be surprised if they haven't won it after the first leg. Mm. Um, they'd be my f- strong favourites, and then normally you'd think either PSG or Bayern, but obviously them facing each other knocks one out, and then Liverpool Madrid both would be strong favourites. One goes out, so I think yeah. it's a good opportunity for Dark Horse. I'm looking at Napoli and thinking, yeah, they must really really fancy themselves, Frankfurt, mm-hmm. and then so. You know they've got to be favourites to beat Frankfurt, and then in the quarterfinals, and say if they were lucky and drew the winner of Bruges versus Benfica, gonna end up in the semi-finals having not played one of Europe's giants. Yeah, yeah, and I think Napoli are well within their capabilities of beating anyone on their day. They showed it in the group stage. I mean, beat everyone at least once. Um, obviously, you know Liverpool got one over them on the return leg, but I genuinely think they are. Um, Amongst the favourites for this year, surely uh, at least get to the semis. Um, but we'll come to I'll come to you, Jake, quickly. Liverpool are playing Real Madrid yet again. You just can't seem to get rid of these boys. How do you fancy your chances? Well, I thought we might get Porto again. I was, I was, <laughs> and then um, yeah, I did, to be truth be told, I didn't realise the draw had, had happened. I saw like a little post in the morning and then went back to sleep. And then I went yeah. back to seeing Real Madrid. I was, I mean. I was gutted. I think this is this is obviously <laughs> the hardest draw. Um, I mean, there are two ways to look at it. One, we beat Real Madrid, which is definitely a hundred percent going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, naturally, naturally. Or, or two, we're knocked out, and then we can actually focus on uh, our uh, Carabao Cup running. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think um, we. I think we will put up a fight. We went, last time we played them at Anfield first leg, um, back in the Jamie Carragher get, days. Um, and that was a that was a four nil. That was a yeah, Fernando Torres. Mm-hmm. That those were the days. And then we went to went to Real Madrid and won one nil. So, you know, even though Real Madrid were at their height back then, they had some massive massive players. I don't think there's any reason why we can't take them to like bring them to Anfield and then have a real real go at it. See if we can win it in the first leg and then see if we can show it out in the second. It will be yeah. a tough ask mm, for sure. Um, right, just for the sake of entertainment, I'm going to run through all the ties again. I just want each of you to give me a prediction of who's going through. Just rapid fire, just say the name, and we can discuss any contentious ones afterwards. Um, so we're going to go Johnny, then James, then Jake, and then I'll throw my own hat in the ring so you guys out, aren't out on your own here. Um, but right, in that order, PSG Bayern, Johnny. The GOAT, PSG. Cool. James? Bayern. Jake, Bayern. I'm going to say PSG. Just side with Johnny. Yeah, well, just to level it out, you know, level it out. Um, all right, Milan Spurs. Uh, Tottenham Spursy, AC Milan. All right, James. Tottenham. Damn. All right, Jake. Spurs. I'm going to say Milan here. I can't. I, I would two two on all of them so far. All right, Bruges Benfica, Johnny. I'm going to go Benfica. All right, James. Benfica. Jake. Benfica. Bruges, come on. Oh, <laughs> Simon Mignolet is my boy. All right. 
Uh, Dortmund, Chelsea. Let's go. Uh, just because Chelsea are really boring, I'm going to go for Dortmund. Yep. Fair. Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I think Chelsea will have it. I hate to say it. Uh, no, but I think Dortmund put up enough of a fight in the group stage for me to back them here. So I'm going to say Dortmund. All right. I'm Liverpool, Real Madrid. Win. Sorry? I'm just picking who I want to win. It's <laughs> entirely fair. Same, to be fair. Uh, Johnny, Liverpool, Real Madrid. I'm going to go Real Madrid. Liverpool haven't impressed me this season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go All right. Jake. Do you go Liverpool? Yeah, I did. Oh, so am I, mate. I, I promise you, I think I've got a strong hope that we'll have them. I honestly, I'd hate to see either of these teams go through. But I'm going to back Liverpool purely because I, they, there is no way Real Madrid can get that lucky two seasons in a row. Um, but hey, we'll see. All right, Frankfurt, Napoli, Johnny. Easy, Napoli. Yep. Yeah, definitely Napoli. Napoli, 100%. Napoli full house here, isn't it? Yep, cool. All right, Leipzig City. For being a City fan, isn't it? City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah City easily. Definitely City. Uh, yeah, I, I've got to back the boys to go through. I think it'll be tighter than you guys seem to think, but I think we'll go through nonetheless. <laughs> and finally, Inter Porto. Uh, I think Inter Milan have been really shocking this season. But oh, I'm really, I'm really, I, okay. I don't know, this could go either way for me. Mm, I'm going to need an answer, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> Porto, upset. Porto. <laughs> okay, cool. James. All right, just Porto. Damn, all right. Jake? No, I think Inter's got this. Definitely. I would say Inter. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Jake here. I think Inter go through. They're not, they're not near as bad as you lot are making them out to be. They got through a group with, I mean, I know Barca are a bit crap, but, you know, and they're second in Italy, aren't they? I think. They just, they no, just got, oh, no, that's AC. My they, bad. No, they, got, they, they did a really bad forward. performance against Juventus uh, on Saturday. That is true. That is true. They really lose in, uh, in a derby. Yeah, well, these predictions are all going to be completely wrong because February is a long time away. But <laughs> interesting nonetheless. Um, the contentious ones. I think a few. Two of you saying Spurs to go through. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think I'd back AC Milan look really good at the minute. It's just such a Spurs thing to do, though, isn't it? I just think <laughs> beat the Italian side. They'll do something, won't they? And it'll, mm-hmm. oh, it'll be bloody Kane as usual, and then they'll. <laughs> yeah, I can just see it happening. I hate Spurs fans getting big for their boots. Like, they shouldn't be there, should they? (laughs) Realistically. Yeah, Yeah, I think you can see them beating Milan by, like, some dramatic late winner and then just have, like, a really underwhelming loss in the quarterfinals. Lucas Moura. Um, Lucas Moura-esque, indeed. (laughs) Um, Bruce Benfica, you lot back in Benfica. In my heart of hearts, I know Benfica are going to go through, but uh, I'd I'd love to see Club Bruges in the quarterfinals. I think it'd just be a good story, you know. Um, they've got a good, they've got a good team, to be fair. And like you're saying with Mignolet, I mean, like, Mignolet's always got a place in my heart. Rightly uh, so, lad. Rightly so. Uh, Dortmund, Chelsea, uh, it's just a contentious one, isn't it? Really. Um, I'm going to back Dortmund for the sake of variety, but uh, we shall see how they go. The rest of them, I think, other than Liverpool, Real Madrid, we've already discussed a bit of a formality. So, mm. yeah, interesting ones to look out for for sure. Um, I think that's where we're going to wrap up today, guys. Obviously, next week, uh, tune in again. We will be looking at our own 26-man squads for the England uh, team for the World Cup after Gareth Southgate announces his 
in two days time hopefully um so look forward to that but otherwise it's been an absolute pleasure boys thank you very much and i will see you next time